What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Here at Beyond the Scoreboard, we love when we can get other people who love sports just as much as us to stop by. Joining us today, we have the host of Smack'em World TV, and he's also a co-host of the Give Em Hope podcast. Today, we welcome Shabazz McCullough. What's up, Boz? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, fellas, man? Glad to be here, man. I, I'm a subscriber to y'all's show. I listen to all of them, man. So so next time I get on it, uh, it's going to be kind of weird to listen to yourself. I don't know how y'all feel about <laughs> yourself on the, on, in the radio, but it's going to be kind of weird and fun at the same time. So I'm looking forward to to diving in with y'all on this today, man. That's it, man. See, it said he, he, uh, he feel weird hearing himself. Yeah, I saw you put that on. Yeah, you be like, man, I sound like that. Exactly. It's all good, but but man, we we uh really thank you for taking time out joining us. It's good having another who that uh oh yeah. So we love that, especially this time of year with the playoffs going on. And uh, speaking of playoffs, we're gonna dive right into it. Um, the Bears took on the Saints. Uh, and we're going to, you know, talk about this game, and uh, we're going to also have Shabazz a little bit later to take an inside look of this week's game against Tampa Bay. But the Saints took on the Bears. Uh, Boz, what did you get from that game? Defense. Uh, <laughs> they played out their mind. They, but before that 99 yard, uh, 99 yard drive, they only gave up 130 yards the whole game. And I don't yeah. care who, if it's the Bears or not, man. If you're playing at a championship level, 130 yards in the whole game, and, and, and that 99 yard was kind of like, hey, we, we won the game. We don't care. They kind of played a prevents defense. But they dominated the Bears, man. They take away the the, uh, the trick play that Sims dropped in the end zone. That was the only thing that was like, ah. Uh, and, you know, I text Reds during the game. So I was like, you know, I, I feel good about the defense. So I took defense was going to lead, lead us to the championship. They, we, I mean, it's, it's safe to say that they're going to carry us Normally, it was, you know, Drew Brees in the offense throughout the years, but that's doomsday defense right there, man. Like, they shut it down. And, and another thing I took away from, man, what is Gardner Johnson saying to these receivers, man? To make them... <laughs> he is. Man, listen, I don't know what he's saying, but they all swing on the heat. But it's like a mind game, I guess, he, he's playing with them. But Gardner Johnson, he plays well on the field, and then he, he got that, 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 that mouth, too. He talking to them crazy and making them mad. Yeah, uh, I, I love. I mean, I love it though, cause we play. We all played the game before, so I, I love it. Like him getting underneath that skin, but the defense for the most part, Drew, Drew, Drew's gonna have to throw over 250 yards every game for us to win. It's got, it's got to be over 250 for for me to be like, okay, I feel better, and that's why I really took out of it, man. I tell you what, you spoke about uh, us texting, but I, I text Sid. Yeah, you can't keep taking these shots. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> he take a shot better than anybody, man. He don't even yeah. flinch. He don't even think about reacting back in a negative way, man. He he can't keep doing that. I don't care how many penalties you uh you getting out there, man. You can't you can't keep taking them to the face. But see, yeah. how did you see the game, man? I know going into it, I'm gonna give you a quick rundown uh, for those who uh, this may be your first show catching. Sid does not in any way, shape, or form like to see Taysom Hill taking a snap. <laughs> at the quarterback position, and it happened uh, quite a few times this this uh, past game against the Bears. So, Sid, how, how what did you see uh, in this matchup? 
Um, well, I'm going to start where uh, I'm able to actually just agree with uh, Shabazz on it about defense, man. Because the first thing I said to you after the game, Reg, was our defense when I then did what they were supposed to do. Supposed okay. to. Whether it was against the Bears, whether it's against Tampa Bay next week, uh, Kansas City, whoever it is, that defense has to go out there and play at a championship level um, in order for us to be able to get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, they picked it up halfway through the season. They've been rolling ever since then. Uh, so I know you was trying to uh, take a little credit away from them saying, hey, it's the Bears, but still you got to go out there and you got to do your job. I know uh, before that last drive, I want to say before their last drive, I want to say they had six first downs throughout the whole game, you know, and that's and that's without us getting too much pressure on Mitch Trubisky, to be honest. I know we only had one second. Really, we didn't pressure him much that game. Mm -hmm. So that's our secondary. That's our linebackers being able to really step up, make plays, not miss tackles. Um, and the. The offensive side of the ball is what we're going to have to see it pick up going into next week, but that's a rhythm Definitely. thing. That's a consistency thing. You know, before yesterday, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas had only played 10 quarters together this whole season. Uh, Kamara missed last week because of COVID. You know, Latavius Murray, all those guys are getting back together and getting into a place where they have to pick up their rhythm and their consistency. So, of course, you went into this game expecting it to be a bigger a gap than what it ended up being 12 points so you can even say uh 21 3 honestly because that's what it really was mm -hmm. uh you expected to see a bigger gap but man that defense went out there and did what they were supposed to do and that allowed our offense to survive not really being able to click on a level that we're used to seeing them click well and, mm -hmm. <laughs> to touch on the taste of here thing you're absolutely right. I hate him seeing. <laughs> I hate seeing him getting snapped at quarterback, whether Drew Brees is healthy or not. But man, you talked about it yesterday. It make it. It absolutely makes zero sense when Drew Brees is hot or Drew Brees I is rolling. And you know man. to take momentum from him to put Taysom Hill in that quarterback. It makes no sense. It never has. So yeah, yeah. I love you know less of that going forward. And you know, I'm not I'm not knocking the Saints. I'm not knocking our team for, for what they accomplished because every win is big, especially a playoff win. However, maybe I'm just a little bit spoiled from the Drew Brees that I've seen the last 10, 15 years. Um, when I see a less of a point opponent, I'm looking for us to dominate them. Defense aside, because not, not, none of my bad uh, views came from the defensive side of the ball. Our defense was phenomenal. I just was looking forward to the offense doing a little bit more than what they've done, simply because it's the playoffs. This yeah. is a game you're projected to win. I wanted to come out and be more dominant, more physical, and score more points, especially early in the game. Um, we, we scored the, our first points of this game with four minutes and some change uh, in the first quarter, remaining in the first quarter. We didn't get any more points until the last five minutes of the third quarter. I always just look ahead and say, if we were playing against such and such, that wouldn't work. The Bears defense, for the most part, was beat to hell, too. I mean, it was missing two or three people in the, in the secondary. We talked about Sid before this game. Uh, they were a line, a, one linebacker missed, the other linebacker played hurt. Um, and then we know what Mitchell Trubisky is at the end of the day. So I just feel like, if this, if we would have put up this kind of fight against a team like Tampa Bay or any other NFC team that can score points, I think we would have been in a world of trouble. Um, and once again, all my 
all my complaints come from the offensive side of the ball. Can we fix it? Yes. Uh, do I think Sean Payton will handle it going forward? Yes. I just wasn't prepared to see us struggle offensively against the Bears. That's all that was. Yeah. And I can definitely see that. Um, and, and like you said, the Bears, the Bears overall, they have a good defense. But like you say, for them to have been missing people in the secondary, uh, missing their best linebacker uh, in Roquan Smith, you know, you mm-hmm. definitely saw that as an opportunity to take advantage for that Saints offense. But like I say, I'm, I'm going to check it up to uh, not having that consistency. Uh, with those players, you know, um, whether they've been missing throughout the season or just missing last week and having to come back and, you know, mm-hmm. get back to rhythm for this week. And like you say, I have all the trust in the world that Sean Payton is going to go out there and, and correct that going into next week, especially, uh, like you say, it's one to go home now. Like, we're in the playoffs right. now. <laughs> it's one to go yeah. home. Leave it all out there on the field. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed that I've mentioned on the show the past several weeks, ever since Drew Brees returned to action, with the KC game, he's put the ball in harm's way. Uh, almost every game, he gives the defense, if not at one, at least two balls that possibly could be intercepted. Once again, we saw that against Chicago uh, in yesterday's game. Shabazz, going forward, do you think that Drew Brees can be a turnover machine against Tampa Bay? No, I, I'm not, not this. No, because I'm, I'm going off strictly film. He's balled out against Tampa. Like the, the two times they play, he's he's simply just balled out. But see, the only thing I, I told you, I do not want to play Tampa. I said that before because it's hard to beat somebody three times. True. The year we beat Cam, the year we beat Cam, three years, we beat them, but it's still, I didn't want to play. I don't want to play nobody three times, especially in professional football because mm-hmm. you, can keep, you can get caught up. Sean Payton, never, he's a great <laughs> offensive mind. We all know that. But you can get caught up in saying, this works, we, we're not going to change yep. it. Yep. But Tampa Bay, if we're just going to be up, is they have been balling in the past five games. The offense mm-hmm. has got some type of chemistry going, and, and Tom is <clears throat> he's, he's acting like Tom Brady of the old. So I don't really worry about Tom because he struggled. He struggled to get in that dome. He struggled in that dome that first game of the year. And I know we didn't have preseason, and I know we didn't have training, but Everybody this time Brady. Like it is it is it's still Tom Brady, but right. I think I think uh I think Drew understands this could be the last ride. Do not be <laughs> don't put the ball in harm's way. Uh, I definitely think I definitely think we could we 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 could handle business, man. Or uh, Drew Drew he knows what at stake, man. The Super Bowl. And we've been the last three years been heartbreaks. And I don't think he he's not he don't need to add on to it. Drew Drew he finally looked comfortable to me in the in the pocket just a little bit. More comfortable. And that one throw he made to uh, to the tight end. Well, I forgot my boy's name. Uh, what's my boy? What's the number? Uh, the tight end. Our tight end. What's his name? Jared Cook. Yeah, Cook, that, Cook. The, yeah, the Cook, defender that, that was ball. able to break on it. Oh man, he, it it was a it was a low and down. It was low and down, but Cook used his athletic ability and caught it. That was the only ball I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Drew, that could have been pick six. That could have been mm-hmm. big six, but, but other than that, man, Drew played good. He played good. I got you. You spoke about beating the team three times in one year, how hard it was. Not only uh, did we have to go against Cam, across, uh, of course, uh, Christian McCaffrey, but Carolina defense was phenomenal that year as well. Yep. So it is uh, extremely, extremely hard to beat a team three times. And that just touching back, that's it just shows how great the defense played because earlier we played this team, they were able to put up 20-something points on us. We took away all that. 
We took right. away all that. They could have. They saw what they had success doing, what they could do to counter us. When we in this, look what they can do to offset us. They couldn't get nothing rolling. Uh, so shout out to the defense. And um, if we continue to play like this, like you say, sky's the limit. See if yeah, we they, anything else that uh, that you wanted to add to this, man. Um, I just wanted to to touch on that. Uh, I because I I don't I don't. I don't fall into the belief of that it's difficult to beat a team three times. What? Uh, just because I feel like it's something people put out there because it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> because statistically, if you look at it statistically, a team who have had to play, uh, or you know, teams that have played three times in the season, it, it ain't. You know, that's not the case if you look at it statistically. I think it's sixty-five percent or even better than that that one team wins all three victories. Um, but the same can be said about we talk about it all the time, man. Those divisional matchups, you playing that team two times in the two times a year, of course that's gonna give you familiar familiarity right. with them. It's gonna make it a little more challenging. But once again, we dominated them twice already. We know what it is what it takes to work. Um, but the question you posed to him about whether Drew Brees will uh be a turnover machine uh going into Tampa Bay. I'm going to go back to what I've been saying since we started this show. I don't trust Tampa Bay secondary. So if okay. you're telling me that if you're telling me that Drew Brees turns the ball over Sunday, I feel like it's going to have to be because our O line has let somebody through and he's fumbled the football. But when it comes to throwing interceptions, I don't I don't see him really giving the ball away to that Tampa Bay defense like that. Okay, so we we're definitely starting to transition into the Tampa Bay preview. And I don't want to give out all the good stuff uh, too early, too soon. Uh, Shabazz will definitely be back with us just in a little bit to go over uh, the game with Tampa Bay this weekend. So, Shabazz, uh, we thank you for joining us with the best segment, and we look forward to seeing you a little bit later. Appreciate it. No problem. So let's look at the rest of the games that occurred during Wild Card Weekend. Um, the first one of the weekend was Ravens-Titans. Uh, I want to say you picked the Ravens in that when I picked the Titans. Ended up being a touchdown game, twenty to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your takes from that from that game? Well, the uncertainty of of Corey Davis playing that was one. Uh, two, the Ravens didn't show all year long that they can stop the run, so I wasn't I wasn't confident that they would be able to contain Henry, but they they did, and I mean they really forced Tannehill to throw the ball. And it got scary at first because Tannehill, man, he was dialed in. Him and A.J. Brown had a lot of success early, uh, and they were doing it on a true corner. One of the best corners. I have this guy probably top three to top five corner in Marlon Humphreys, and I mean, A.J. Brown was making it look easy. But the Ravens, they they stuck. And I think we talked about this before the game. I said, man, look, I don't care how many passing yards Ryan Tannehill has, he's going to have to beat me. I don't care how bad he makes this secondary look. He's going to have to beat me because I know Derrick Henry can do it. So uh, yeah. they, they stuck They stuck to their guns. They stayed true to their word. And uh, the defense got a little better. They continued to, to force Tannehill to throw the ball. And you know what? He didn't force many passes. But I think the one mistake he truly made, that was the mistake that cost him the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this game... Uh, I remember going into it, I was saying uh, Tennessee has Derrick Henry and the Ravens don't. And mm-hmm. that that would be the difference. And the crazy thing is it ended up being Baltimore has Lamar Jackson and Tennessee doesn't. 
And that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. When you said that, you know, one team has Derrick Henry and the other don't, and I was like, you know what? One team has Lamar Jackson and the other don't. And yeah. we know what Derrick Henry can do. All right, it's mm. no secret now. We we know what he's capable of doing. He can take over a game and he can you can he can put his team on his back for the course of the game. Um yeah. Lamar Jackson. He normally can't do yeah. it for all four quarters. But with the speed he has, I'm like, he's just so dangerous that once he get once he get even, he leaving. You know, yeah. there's no oh. catching him once he once he get once he get on side of you, it's too late. And that's exactly what happened. He made one play. And I, I don't want to say he made one play. That one play really gave them the lead. It gave them momentum. And it was the difference maker in the ball game. 100%. Um, and going into that game, we talked about it. We was like, well, Baltimore has to stop the run. They have to bottle up Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. Yep. They were able to do that. Derrick Henry finished 18 rushes for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, a big thing that I had pointed out was the receivers for Baltimore and how successful they could be. And then you look at Hollywood Brown, and he ends up going out there and getting seven catches for 109 yards. Mm-hmm. So then you couple that with Lamar Jackson giving you 130 on the ground, and that's that's hard to beat. Uh, yep. that, that's very hard to beat. And then, like you said, Marlon Humphreys in that secondary for Baltimore played lights out. They yep. didn't they didn't give up much to Ryan Tannehill. So once again, I'm not shocked that Baltimore won the game. Uh, it was one of those closer matchups of the weekend. I just definitely didn't see it going uh, going that way. I didn't see Lamar Jackson putting the team on his back and being able to to really uh, lead them to victory in that manner. Yeah, and the most interesting thing that I found in the game is that Baltimore allowed Tennessee to to have a.
again, it's back to that offensive line and not being able to block people. Man, the Rams are going in there with what the number one defense or the number two defense in the league overall. I think they finished and, number one. Yeah, and you can't block anybody. Like even mm-hmm. if it wasn't Aaron Donald on that over there, like you can't block any of these guys. So they ended up giving five sacks, and of course, Russell Wilson is running for his life the whole game. Um. Mm-hmm. To, but once again, this is all stuff that we expected going into this game. What yeah. I didn't expect was success from their quarterback, whether it had continued to be Warford or, you know, them having to rely on Jerry Goff and Jerry Goff going in there, getting comfortable with his injury as the game went on and being able to do more with it in order to lead them to a victory. Um, Cam Akers had 130 30 yards on the ground. Um, Jalen Adams out there playing with a torn labrum. It was it was a lot that went against Seattle in that game, and even with uh, uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Rams, they were able to take advantage of all of that. Yeah, and we touched about the run, how important the run is in the in the playoffs. You have to be able to run the ball, but truly, when you think of Seattle, you think of their offense. Of course, not the defense. Mm-hmm. And you say, what do they do? better than almost any other team. They're able to throw the ball deep. They're able to put fear in defenses because they have two receivers that could get on top of you. But Jalen Ramsey, this is what he got his this is what he got his payday for. I love seeing this by the way. I love the traditional I'm the best corner. This is what I do. I want him. I love that in DBs. I love that in I love that in Jalen Ramsey. Um and he took DK away. Like, he took him away. Uh-huh. But if you're Seattle... Back, ...do leave outside those tackles. So yeah. that's dead. And they kept trying to do it. I'm like, bro, it's not going to work. So even when Donald went out and he, he got hurt, they, they still was able to get pressure. And that was the... The part that said, all right, whatever y'all got going on is real bad. You know, Leonard Floyd chasing Russell Wilson down. I'm like, all right, Leonard, Leonard Floyd's fast. He's consistent yeah. all year. But when Donald leaves and they, you're still getting pressure right in your face up the gut, yeah. something, wrong, <laughs> something wrong, man. Something wrong. Y'all yeah. got something to work on. And once it, that's something we've pointed at this whole season. Even when they started off 5-0, we were looking at it and saying, well, um, Russell Wilson is winning these games despite his offensive line uh, mm-hmm. when they got off to that great start. And it's only and we knew it was only for so long that they were going, going to be able to hold that up. Um, Saturday night's game, which was probably, I think, probably the best game of the day for me, uh, uh, which was the Buccaneers uh, against the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of surprises in this one. So what... What was your biggest takeaways from that game? You know, it was the most shocking game because I actually had this one being one being the most, I would say the second lopsided this game of the weekend. I thought yeah. Tampa was was really going to you know destroy Washington. Um, Washington got off to a pretty good start and it really didn't show on the scoreboard because of the drops that they had early on in the game. Of course, their quarterback outplayed himself. He played himself into a conversation of possibly starting for Washington next year, or at least being looked at as that. Um, Tampa Bay offense is the it's the strength of their team. 
is not much because their running game is so inconsistent. Yeah. Washington, if Washington was able to get more pressure, I really thought Washington was their front seven was going to be able to get to Tom Brady, and yeah. it wasn't. And to me, more than anything else, that was the story of the game. If they could have been more consistent on getting pressure on Tom Brady the way their quarterback played, I really do think Washington would have won this ball game. And it, once again, it's about the line of scrimmage in general because I didn't see them going in there and getting what they almost got a hundred yards with Leonard Fournette after Ronald Jones mm-hmm. went out. They almost had a hundred yards rushing. I didn't see them being able to do that. Nope. And then on top nope. of that, like you say, they they left. They had a clean pocket for Tom Brady most of the game. I think he ended up getting sacked three times, but that's nowhere near the pressure that we thought uh, Washington mm-hmm. was going to be able to put on him throughout that football game. Because mm-hmm. uh, even looking at the Tom Brady, 22 or 40, like even even with them not actually getting the pressure we thought they would, they secondary held up better oh, than I thought yeah. they would. Oh, yeah, yeah. secondary was great. But like you say, uh, and, and and Heineke put them in positions to where, like I say, I feel like they they were a bit timid with him early just because this is this man's first time starting <laughs> <laughs> for this organization, period, you know, right. and only have been brought in a month or so ago. Um, so I feel like they were kind of timid with, them er- with him early, but as the game went on, the more comfortable they got with him mm-hmm. and being able to open up the playbook to him. Um, like I've been saying that all, this Tampa Bay team does not scare me. They don't. something to think about. I know we just uh, spoke about the Bears. I would match up with the Bears, but if you're a Saints fan, you go into that game thinking the same. We're about to put yep. it on the Bears. It's going to be a yep. blowout. And that really wasn't the case. We didn't exactly. score a whole bunch of points. And I think the same thing happened to Tampa Bay. Uh, they went in expecting to to blow this team out. but And, and plus, Washington, I, they kind of won the division by default, you know, because normally it's like, oh, if you're in the playoffs, you're a good team. I don't. Yeah. I feel like no matter who would have made the division, who would have made the playoffs out of that division, we would have never looked at them as a good football team. However, yeah. Washington, the strength of their whole team is their front four. Yeah. Them failing to to be consistent with pressure. I mean that you know that just gives the edge to to Tom Brady. Absolutely. So the biggest surprise of the weekend, I'm sure in everybody's book, is how the Cleveland Pittsburgh game ended up playing out. <laughs> that was tough. And and even as somebody who picked Cleveland to win this game, never saw it going like this in any manner. I don't even know how much you can talk about uh, with that game in particular. But what is it that you that you found interesting about that one? The game went how I thought it would go, but just the other way around. So <laughs> yeah. I, I had Cleveland shooting themselves in the foot super early. Axe and Baker Mayfield to get out of character. They know they're coming in, going to stop the run, so we're going to do all this bootleg and play action. That's what I had Cleveland doing. So I had Pittsburgh yeah. going up 
uh, by a bunch of points, at least two possessions early. And halftime, if we're looking at a 21-10 game, I'm sitting here saying, yeah, or either 17-3, something like that. I just yeah, didn't have yeah, yeah. scoring a bunch of points. Uh, it couldn't have gotten um, they they couldn't have gotten to gotten off to a worse start if you if you the Pittsburgh Steelers man I mean twenty eight nothing some things you can't control the snap seven points can't control uh, Big Ben overthrows uh, I think it was the running back to start the start the first interception then he got a tip ball intercept fluke yeah. plays whatever you want deem it however once that was ex-
it, it was, was uh the, the the score right after that one? Yeah. Was it Kareem Hunt? I think it was Chubb that time. Was it? Yeah, it was they, Chubb. They, both, they both was gashing them. And we are back. Once again, we have Shabazz McCullen still with us. Shabazz, thank you for joining us once again. Now we get to take a dive and look into this Tampa Bay versus New Orleans Saints matchup this weekend. Shabazz, first of all, who are you taking in this game and why? I'm taking New Orleans. I'm, I'm taking New Orleans not because I'm a Saints fan, because simply the fact that uh, the Saints just they're, they're rolling defensively, man. They just they're just balling. They're doing without two. They're doing without Quan, and they did it without Hendricks last game. And Hendricks led us in sacks with 13 and a half. So if you're doing that, second that in the league, like right, he's number two in the league. So that's huge. So the nucleus of the defense is is just they just clicking. I see them communicating when we got motion. They, they, they're just talking on the field. They're just in the right position. They're playing gap control, sound ball. It's just, I just don't believe Tom, even though Tom, he's known to know what you're in and, and he, he can, you know, dissect you. He hasn't he hasn't done it yet. He didn't do it this year with the Saints. So I believe him. I believe in the eye in the sky. Saints going to they're going to pull it off, man. And I just wish they add a little bit more of the fans because that's, that's kind of a, uh, this year has been kind of a weird year. The numbers have been kind of like, uh, I'm going to say everybody, like quarterbacks that normally don't throw 40 touchdowns or 30-plus touchdowns yeah. have been able to check at the line because they don't have the crowd mm-hmm. involved. The home, the home <laughs> crowd has not played it uh, effectively. Everybody know in the Superdome, when it's full full capacity, you're not getting to be 80, 80, 80. You're not, right, you're not right. gonna be, you ain't going to be able to check like that. Yeah, perfect example that, was yesterday that, with Seattle. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. So that's the only that's the only thing that you know I'm kind of worried about, but I'm not. But the defense is going to win the championship, and I and I believe, like C said, the secondary, the Buccaneers, they've been real shaky. They've been inconsistent. Like you, they've been got up. I mean, no disrespect to them, but a Washington quarterback that been going to online virtual class, <laughs> he, he was balling though. I can't take nothing from the guy. Yeah. He was balling, but you were you supposed to be licking your chops when you a seasoned vet. Like y'all ain't supposed to let that happen. He was throwing dimes on him. He was but like man, Drew, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, he did, he did, he balled out. But Drew Brees, he, he should have the business on his side. But most importantly, I just think the Saints defense, they're playing. They just that just say they gave up only three points. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. That little nine, that little touchdown, <laughs> they gave up three points in a playoff game, and they had the chance to not give up no big touchdowns, no big plays. So I'm going with the Saints, man. Gotcha. Sid, obviously, I know what direction you're leaning, much as we talk on and off air. Um, you all missed it. It's not hard to beat a team three times in a row. So uh, <laughs> I know where you land your head at the end of the day. Uh, you spoke about the defense of Tampa Bay, and you say that you question a secondary to lack of. So far, the receivers that have threatened Tampa Bay's secondary has been speed receivers, which New Orleans are not known for having speed receivers. Mm-hmm. Do you still think we can be effective with our receiving court, with our tight ends? We know the guy Alvin Kamara who's going to catch a bunch of balls out the backfield. Mm-hmm. Do you still see us being successful on the offensive side of the ball? 100%. For one, um, for one, Tampa Bay went into Saturday the same way the Saints went into Sunday. This is a game that they should have went into that I'm sure they expected to go into and be able to really force their will and make a statement against a Washington team who went in without uh, a starting quarterback, without a quarterback that they've even had a full season. Um, 
and then they go in um, against um, a defense whose front seven or defensive line is really good, but outside of that, the defense can be had, you know? And me and you talked offline about how Tampa Bay's O-line really stepped up um, mm-hmm. against that right line. Um, right tackle. Yeah, and they and they still gave up three sacks, but for the most part, they they were able to to really control that line of scrimmage. Uh, they even came out of that with 160 uh, rush yards um, against uh, with with Ronald Jones going down early. They still mm-hmm. were able to come out and get 160 rush yards. So when you look at that game and you say, "Man, uh, Tom went out there threw for over 350 and they ran for 160." How was the outcome of this game 31 to 23? Is their defense not stopping nothing? Yeah. I told you earlier today, if that was any other quarterback, it, they probably would have got got Saturday, you know? <laughs> um, and then when you look at the receivers, they gave it up to the number one receiver for Washington was this dude I had never heard of, uh, <laughs> C. Sims. Like, I've never even heard of this guy before. Yeah. But he seemed more of a possession receiver to me than a speedster. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, once, I, I don't expect them to be able to slow down the run much, even though their front, their front, their defensive line is pretty solid as well. Um, but I don't expect them to be able to keep us from running the football. Um, and I don't expect Michael Town. there's nothing they're going to be able to do with Michael Towns. Let's just go ahead and put that one out there. But then if you add in a performance like Deontay Harris gave us Sunday, you know, if you're going to get a performance like that out of a guy like him or whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or Jared Cook or, hell, Kamara off the backfield, uh, I don't think that's something that Tampa Bay can stop. And part of it is because they've proven that they, they couldn't have in two meetings before, and they right. proven they couldn't against a third-string quarterback last week in Washington. So yeah. what you going to do with Drew Brees, you know? Yeah, well, I hate being a Saints fan that says, well – they played bad against a third-string quarterback. What you think Drew Brees going to do with him? Because it's all about playoff uh, matchups, and this is the playoffs, the biggest matchups of them all. Yeah. And you know Tampa want a little payback. Uh, if I'm Mike Evans, I can't wait to line up in front of Lattimore. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. Tom Brady, I can't wait to have the opportunity to go out here and outplay Drew Brees uh, in his dome, you know? So I know they're going to bring all that they have. I'm taking New Orleans in this game as well, Shabazz, just like yourself, not because I'm a Saints fan, but because the numbers don't lie. Every time we played Tampa this year, they tried to take away Kamara. They tried to stop the run. Well, that just means that Drew Brees get to spread the ball around, and that's when he's at his best. When Uh Drew can throw the ball in the first half to five and six different receivers, and he's only four or five incompletes, already thrown the ball 20 times, three of the incompletes was uh, throwaways and things of that nature, that's when Drew Brees is at his best. He gets rid of the ball quick against Tampa, and he gets everybody involved. There's no way that Tampa could do both, take away our pass and take away our run. They're going to have to live with either allowing Drew to take underneath and short and be super accurate, which that's what he is anyway, or they're going to have to adjust and do something they didn't do the first two times and live with Elvin Kamara running the ball, which no way in the world they do that. So uh, when you add it all up, man, I, I'm taking New Orleans simply because the defense is just phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And Drew Brees against Tampa this year has been lights out. Lights out. In the two games this year, Drew is uh, 44 for 62, 382 yards passing, six touchdowns, no INTs, 
and only have been sacked twice. That's once in, uh, once in each game. So um, I'm definitely rolling New Orleans. Our defense, we give Tampa hell. Uh, and that's one of the things that I, is crazy about the Saints because we get up to play the good teams. Like mm-hmm. me and Sid talked about the performance the defense laid out there against Kansas City earlier this year. We like, bro, we lost. We allowed 30 points, but they couldn't have played no better. Like, they were phenomenal. Yeah, they just right. needed a little bit more from the offense. Right. But then we play against the Bears, and I just feel like, you know, we play below our standard. So knowing that this is a game we're going to have to get up for, I have all the faith in the world in our defense. And and both of the previous games, Michael Thomas didn't play in, right? Right, right, right. So that's that's going to be a big difference in this one. No, and he played also, in the first one. He, he played, played in the first, first one. Yeah, because Carlton James had him. Remember, man to man, and Carlton okay. James. Remember, I was he telling played, him he played him pretty good. I thought he played in both of them, honestly, because I think that was his first game back. His first game, yeah, but he really didn't okay. do much. I don't think that. No, he did. He did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a healthy Mike Thomas is going to be a big difference. Um, right. and and like we talked about this a few weeks ago with Tampa Bay's defense and their D line. Uh, specifically, because once again, I just don't have faith in the secondary at all. But even at D line, it seems like they really, they're really inconsistent as well. They'll they'll go out there for <laughs> first half of football and not do anything, and then they're able to come out in the second half and really turn it up, and vice versa in some of those games. This this had, for Tampa Bay to win, this has to be a game where they get pressure on Drew Brees throughout four quarters. Four quarters got to be in his face. And it's crazy you say that because I'm I'm sitting here and I have a question that I want to ask both of you. Obviously, all three of us having the Saints winning this game. And I wanted to throw the question out there. If Tampa do win, what would it take? And for me, it's Sue. I think Sue have to go back in his bag and, and play like he back in Detroit. He yeah. have to cause havoc up the middle, like you said, for four quarters. Yeah. If they want to be successful beating the New Orleans Saints. I think it's going to start and end with who controls the line of scrimmage. Um, Shabazz, what you have? If Tampa is successful uh, this game, how, how you think they go about doing that? It's going to be the it's going to be to, definitely going to have to be the back end. The secondary going to have to hold up long enough to make Drew hold the ball. That's what Drew struggled with in the pocket when he's not comfortable. He's holding the ball because he's not comfortable enough to throw it in the window. That's you know where he's normally could just he could just flick his wrist, but. That's when we couldn't get in trouble. That's when we want to get in trouble on offense. And when Drew started holding the ball just a tad too long, the clock not going off in his head because of the, the back end of the second, the good secondary team, mm-hmm. defend longer, that, that make the rush get stronger. That's what's going to happen. And they're going to have to stop the run. Obviously, they're going to have to stop um, Kamara. If they, can, if, they can, if, they, if they can stop Alvin Kamara, then it could, it could be a long day. It could be a long day. It could be a long day like that. But Another thing, uh, I know we were talking about the three games in a row. We all saw what happened last night with the Browns and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers came out flat. Now, I pray and hope that the Saints don't come out flat. And just be, come out with, with a sense of urgency. You know, just because you beat them twice doesn't mean you're going to get number three. And that mm-hmm. could happen to us, but I don't think I don't think they will, but it, it, it can happen because, I mean, Big Ben, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. They didn't look. They look like they look like the team that was the last five games. They won like one. They went one and five the last five games of the season. So they look bad. I hope we don't come out flat. Those are two factors. The, the secondary for the Buccaneers is gonna have to play out of their mind. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the Saints cannot come out playing flat, flat. And I don't think Drew Brees would allow that because his leadership has been so vital for, for the Saints for the past 15 years. So if they come out flat and be holding the ball long, then we're going to be taking each other off. Red, we ain't looking good, bro. Is he holding the ball too long? And then, oh, I like see. Do not switch the quarterback in. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. When in high school, we kind of ran a two quarterback system. Now, now I'm, I'm, I I know how that feel, bro. You looking over your shoulder? I think Drew is is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he's looking over his shoulder. It's like, okay, when Sean gonna call? Takes them to come. You do, you know, our gimmick plays. That's what they are. They gimmick plays. Yeah. That gimmick play almost cost us points. Yeah. Because, because Taysom, he he held the ball too long. Mm-hmm. And, I, and playing quarterback in the NFL, you, it's a clocker. You better, you got to get it now. And it was a touchdown if he threw it through the ball. But I just, I hate that it missed. I hate. I think it messes with Drew's rhythm. I think it really mm-hmm. does. Absolutely, it would mess with any quarterback's rhythm. Right. Uh, right. Right. Throw right. somebody else in right. like that. Right. Um, for well, me. It's something that you go into every game saying, oh, whoever wins the line of scrimmage. Uh, but this game more so than others because Tampa Bay's O-line has has been uh, – it's been better than I guess it was last year, but it's still not a not a group that puts fear into anybody. Like right. I say, uh, Saturday they, good, they did a great job against what we all consider a great defensive line. So that's mm-hmm. something that they would have to repeat uh, this this week against New Orleans. And then on the opposite side of the football, once again, they got to get pressure for four quarters against Drew Brees. You give him time, he's going to make you pay because your secondary not going to be able to to keep up with those weapons that's coming at you. So they have to – their O-line has to hold up and their defensive line has to get pressure. And uh, one other thing is Mike Evans. If Mike Evans can come out of – uh, this headspace that Marshawn Lattimore has had him in over the past two, three seasons and be able to be some type of effective uh, against him, that can change a lot, too. Let him out of jail. You got to let him out of jail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he ain't got no get out of jail free calls. Lattimore ain't going, man. And Lattimore really been locking him up. I ain't mean to cut y'all see it, but he been, he, he been locking him up. Yeah. 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 He, make, he make his money off of him, man. <laughs> for real, for real. Well, it seemed like... Um, we all feel the same way about uh, this matchup. And when when Taysom Hill gets in the red zone and he jump up again and throw that ball again, and this time it's for a touchdown, I don't want y'all to be blowing me up saying that's our future quarterback, man. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know that right now. I would be hitting you up saying, Red, I just broke my TV, but I put the dude <laughs> in, in the red zone. I lost it. I broke my TV, man. My man jumped up and threw the dog on the ball. He, man. I thought Tim Tebow was back there for a second, man. <laughs> That's doing that Tebow ball. That, that man That's is a muscle playing though. quarterback. He a big muscle out there just playing quarterback, uh-huh. man. Well, well I do like the way we utilize him, though. I like how we utilize yeah, him. Definitely, and it's, it's going to have to continue to be that because I honestly see him getting just the amount of snaps as he got uh, yeah. this Sunday. I see him getting yeah, the same amount of snaps this Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more, exactly. Yeah. The more the more successful we are on offense doing whatever we're doing, the more opportunities he's going to get to line up that yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy we all uh, have New Orleans winning this game. Uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of texting going, going on this weekend, this Sunday, so... Uh, Shabazz, thank you once again, bro, for taking time out of your day. Uh, kicking it with us, man. We really appreciate okay. it. And we always, uh, you're our second guest. We all we have this segment where we allow you guys to plug anything you want to do. So anything that you have going on, I know uh, you have your TV show. You also got your podcast coming soon. Uh, go ahead and let everyone know where they can reach you at. 
Oh uh, man, my uh, my Twitter is smackam eighty five at smackam eighty five or S M A C M eight five. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, Facebook, just type in Shabazz McClellan. Uh, I'm on that. I'm on Instagram. I'm smackam eighty five as well on Instagram on IG. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely gonna keep listening in, subscribing to you guys, man. Love what you guys doing, man. Love the content that y'all bring every week. Uh, hopefully, I get to get on here after the, after we win the Super Bowl or something, man, where we can celebrate celebrate on our podcast, man. So I'll definitely be keeping up in touch with y'all. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, boss. Thank All you, right, man. man. Once again, thank you to Shabazz for joining us for the the Saints Bucks uh, preview. And now we're gonna go ahead and look at the rest of the division around. Uh, the first game of the weekend is the Los Angeles Rams visiting the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Packers are minus seven going on into that game. Uh, how do you see that one playing out? It all comes down to the health of Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald is 90%, believe it or not, I like the Rams' chances. I really do feel if Aaron Donald is good to go, the Rams have a very good chance of winning this bowl game. Um, of course, the weather come, plays a factor. Of However, course. when you think of when you think of true matchups, what gets to what causes Aaron Rodgers to not be himself, like any other great passer, pressure, who has the best defensive lineman in all of football, the Rams. Who's the only receiver? I, I read something yesterday. Keep in mind. I think Adams has missed three games this year. Yeah. Three. He still has, I want to say, it was 90 to 100 targets more than any other receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. After missing three games. We already know what you're going to get from Jalen Ramsey. He's about to go lockdown city. I'm going to make everything hard. So you already controlling the line of scrimmage. Green Bay is already down their star left tackle. Uh, you have to see Aaron Donald. You have to see Leonard Floyd. By the way, you can't have your best receiver. What do we get from Aaron Rodgers? I think we get a basic quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over, who's going to take those check downs, who, and the Rams basically play, play bend but don't break defense. Yeah. Green, Green Bay defense is not good enough to, to allow, to put the pressure on them defenses to rely on them to win. I really do think the Rams have a good chance of winning this ball game. I just don't know the condition Aaron Donald is in. Yeah. If, if he would have never got hurt last week, I, I really would take the Rams in this game. Um, but not, get, not knowing his health, not knowing how available he's going to be, I have to take the Packers because of that. Um, and I and I see it a little differently. I see I see the difference in this game being the secondary of the Rams outside of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the guys who's going to be matched up on Valdez Scantling and uh, uh, Lazard um, and the tight end T- Tanyan, I think it's his name. Those guys mm-hmm. and who's how well they're good. going to be able, yeah, and, and how mm-hmm. well they're going to be able to match up against them because, like you say, we know what Jalen Ramsey's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. and we've seen in the past, we've seen Aaron Rodgers completely avoid a side of the field that has a corner like that on it. Um, mm-hmm. so what is the, and, and even with 
the defensive line of the Rams, they're going to get their pressure on them. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the better quarterbacks at being able to to get out of harm's way and still deliver pretty accurate throws down the field. It's just going to come down to is there anybody down the field for him to be able to to complete these passes to? Um, mm-hmm. I think that Green Bay, I the the Rams quarterback situation is going to be a big factor in this too. Both of their quarterbacks <laughs> on the injury report now. Um, they're, they're claiming that, you know, we know Jared Goff's injury. We know he had surgery. They're saying Walford, he should be fine as well. So I guess it depends on who goes out there for them at quarterback and how healthy they can be. Um, because I think a, a pretty healthy Jared Goff can have his way against this Green Bay defense, especially mm-hmm. with the weapons he has in Woods. Uh, uh, Woods, um, God, was a Cooper Cup, um, mm-hmm. and then those tight ends, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, and then mm-hmm. Cam Akers is gonna have another performance like he did last. <clears throat> that boy this came might, on. This may as well be a shootout. Yeah. Um. So that's exactly what it's gonna come down to the the secondary of the secondary of the Rams outside of Jalen Ramsey against the receiver core of Green Bay outside of Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, man. This is Aaron Rodgers has said he thinks this is probably his best season uh, as a quarterback outside of maybe that 2011 season. And I, I just find it hard to bet against him in this situation at home uh, like you say, weather's probably going to end up playing a factor. Um, and then against a quarterback who, when healthy, isn't deemed to be that great, you know. But now mm-hmm. you're looking at him injured as well. So right. how much how much can he be uh, effective against that defense? So I think I'm going to go green. I'm I, I'm going I'm going to go Green Bay as well. But I don't see them winning by a touchdown. I can see it being Me a field goal. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm telling you, man. The thing about Sean McVay's offense, that his, his basically a, a almost a true West Coast, is that the quarterback job isn't real hard. You yeah. already have two outlets by the time the play action ends, and they both are quick reads. So yeah. it's not like he has to depend on his running back. I'm sorry, his quarterback to go out here and compete with Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, yeah. That's not the deal. They're going to try to eat up the clock, and and like you said, Cam Akers, that's going to be the difference maker. Yeah. I was waiting on – I thought we was going to see this Cam Akers from week one or two yeah. all the way throughout the year. It took him the very late in the year to catch his uh, his net with this offense, and they deemed him the starter because they was running the ball by committee using three okay. running backs, actually, at one time. But then they named him the starter. He had a couple hundred yards rushing games back-to-back. Then he got hurt. First game back was uh, this past weekend, which he looked like he's still back to his old self. So – I hate picking Green Bay because I want to pick the Rams because that's that's who I truly think is going to win, but it comes down to the health of Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald was 100%, if there was no questioning uh, behind Aaron Donald, I would take the Rams in this game. Got you, got you. So the second game we got Saturday is the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Buffalo Bills. Um, Man, I once again... I'm, I'm still not sold on Baltimore. I haven't been all year. I'm still not even after their <laughs> victory last week against Tennessee. 
I am sold on Buffalo. I'm 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 good on their defense. Uh I'm good on Josh on betting on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Uh their run game, I just know not to expect too much of it outside of Josh Allen. Um like I say, he's been more at somehow he's improved his accuracy from last year to this year. <clears throat> um and then once again adding a receiver like Stephon Diggs only helps. Baltimore's defense, like you say, they have great corners, not real big on their linebacker situation. And like you say, the D-line that they basically built over the offseason to stop a Derrick Henry probably won't help them too much trying to uh, contain a Josh Allen going into this week. Um, I do feel like – I feel like with all of these games, it's going to be uh, close matchups. I don't really think any of these games are going to get – uh, any type of two possession score, uh, two possession victories over mm-hmm. this weekend. I can see this being another field goal game, um, mm-hmm. and it probably works more in favor for Baltimore than it does for Buffalo. Uh, if we're being honest with Justin Tucker, um, but I, I gotta roll with Buffalo, man. They they've been outperforming anybody's estimations for this season, and I, I don't see that. Stop it now against Baltimore. Yeah. So, <clears throat> me too, I take the Bills. I came very close to taking the Ravens in this game. <laughs> so, a couple things that I like from the Ravens, if I'm looking at it from the Ravens standpoint, I love their defense. I love the defense. Uh, I love the love secondary. That's crazy. Yeah. I said, no, I said you love their defense because we feel completely different about their defense outside of those two corners. I feel like they have a playoff defense. It's not necessarily, oh, we're going to show up every Sunday and do this and do that. Now they got a lot of veterans. Uh, They got uh, speed on the outsides, and their corners are great. You have a Mm. great zone corner. I don't know why Marcus Peters is thought of as a man corner, but he's mostly a zone corner, and he's great at it. He's not physical. He's not going to get all in your face. He's going to pick his shots, get a floor of the game, and then it's read and react. And then you got Humphreys, who's just a dog. He's out there hunting. He's yeah. the best guy. He can travel with the best guy. He's probably faster than your best receiver. He's long, um, you know, and, and he, he has great ball skills. And the Ravens don't beat themselves. The only thing I don't like about the Ravens, and this is the whole reason I'm picking Buffalo, is we haven't seen Lamar Jackson win a playoff game or even a big game with his arm and his arm alone. The Bills yeah. are going to do their best to minimize his running and live with the rest. He has no true no true connection with none of his receivers. He has no timing routes. It's none of that. I mean, to this point of his career, his tight end is his most you know thrown-to option. Baltimore linebackers are fast. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They, they they can play the pass better than they can play the run. Uh, Josh Allen do have a star receiver. Cole Beasley being out of, again is going to hurt them. However, in a course... He played last course, week, so I, I think he's going to play this week. He yeah. was on the pitch count, though. He didn't play nearly as much as he normally do. Yeah, so, yeah and I saw John I, Brown didn't play much uh, last week, too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but the thing ahead. about it... I think the Ravens are going to play man-to-man defense with one safety over top. That's going to be their base defense that they roll with with a spy. 
on Lamar Jackson. They have a couple guys who they I think they're going to use at the spot position. Patrick yeah. Queen probably being one of them. Uh-huh. Josh Allen on the other end, he's been used to being in situations like this from playing against New England two times a year, especially yep. last year when Buffalo gave them two great games. But the lack of offensive weapons uh, that Josh Allen had last year, he wasn't able to beat the Patriots. You give him digs this year, and he's not the Patriots off. So he's he's more used to seeing what he's going to – he's more, he's already used to uh, facing teams the way that I think the Ravens are going to try to control him versus yeah. Lamar Jackson being asked to just flat out and go win the game for him. So that's why I'm going with the Bills. I think Josh Allen make more plays with his arm than Lamar Jackson made. Yeah, at that and I think Buffalo's defense is going to be able to contain that run offense a good bit. Right. And then mm-hmm. like you say it comes down to Lamar Jackson's arm. Right. And for one, okay, uh, Hollywood Brown had that big game last week, but then mm-hmm. this week he's going to have Tredavious White standing across from him who's going to eliminate whatever mm-hmm. it is he tries to do. So where yeah. are you going now? Because once mm-hmm. again, the focus is always going to be on Mark Andrews. Yeah. Uh, so where are these other guys that's going to be able to to get open and provide help to Lamar Jackson? And we haven't seen it all season. I don't think yeah. we're going to end up starting to see that now. Yep, but I think I have this one being close as well. Um, a three to six point game. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. line is two and a half uh, in the Bills' favor. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so our last game, which is the first one of Sunday, uh, is the Browns visiting the Chiefs. This is the biggest spread of the week, obviously, with the Chiefs mm-hmm. being out there. Uh, the Chiefs are minus ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning this game, I would say probably by nine. I don't like the 10. Uh, I really think it could be a seven-point game just by how much the Browns naturally run the football. Yeah. Uh, and KC can't stop the run. Um, they can't stop the pass for that much neither. But um, <laughs> this is one of those games that I really think that we everybody has credited the success of Baker Mayfield to the, the loss of Odell Beckham. I think this yeah. is going to be a game where they say, man, we wish we had Odell. Because KC going to give you a lot of man looks. And although yeah. he has tight ends he can throw the ball to, a guy like Odell Beckham in open space is much different than any tight end in football. So I think they're going to shrink the field. Uh, obviously, they're still going to try to run the ball. And I think they're going to they're gonna have their they success on the ground. Pat Mahomes is just another. He's just, he's just on another level right now, man. He's, I mean... He's going to make you pay for every time you decide to punt the football. Yeah. So the Cleveland Browns are going to have to stay ahead of the chains. They're going to have to neutralize the clock. They're going to have to do all those things. But it's hard to do that when you're missing so many starters. Um, them winning last week was a miracle, you know. Yeah. Uh, so um, being shorthanded against a team as talented as KC, and let's not forget, KC, they've been resting for three weeks now because they pulled their starters the last week of the season. Yeah. And then they had to buy. So when they play Sunday, this would be their first time playing. This Sunday would make exactly three weeks. So yeah. they are healthy all over. The nagging injury Tariq Hill did have. I'm more than sure he's 100% good to go. Yeah. Uh, they had time to, to game plan and fix all, make all their adjustments. Andy Reid is a, a great coach. Uh, we spoke about uh, coach of the year, and I told you he was my yeah. coach of the year. Um, and 
Pat Mahomes, man. When all fails, <laughs> Pat Mahomes. Um, I I don't think that too many people are going to even give Cleveland a chance in this game. Mm-hmm. I do, um, mainly because of as you said, the the natural uh, habit they have of running the ball and being successful at running the football. If they can have more drive in the touchdowns rather than field goals, um, that'll definitely work in their favor. Um, but it's all about it's it's all it's going to be about. Uh, controlling the clock against Kansas City, mm-hmm. of course, because you the the faster you give them the ball back, the faster they're going to score and be ready to do so again. Exactly. So exactly. if they can control the if they can control that time of possession by running the football and it actually leading two touchdowns, they have a good chance of winning this game. But once again, the fact that Kansas City is coached by Andy Reid, who is a top three coach in this league, in my opinion. And then you got Mahomes, who is a top three quarterback in this league. Uh, at the by, by by the end of it, they're going to get you. Especially if they if Mahomes has the ball last, then he's going to get you. You know. Um, so once again, I don't I don't see it being a ten point game. Like I say, uh, a touchdown. I think it could be a touchdown, a late touchdown, and Cleveland has to try to go and match that having the ball last and just can't do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Kansas City, but I don't see them winning by 10. You know what? You know now what? that I think about it, I want it. I, I like KC with 7 and 9, but I'm, I'll am take KC points for it. I'll take the 10. Okay. Um, I just thought about something. Denzel Ward is still out, too. So yeah. that means no way they're going to go out there playing a lot of man. So, um, yeah. So I'm the I'll take I'll take KC plus the ten. Yeah, uh, I forgot all about that Denzel. Well, he was the the one guy who I would say I feel somewhat safe in front of Tyreek Hill because Denzel Ward can run too. Of course, he's yeah. not Tyreek Hill, but he can run and he's a pretty good uh, corner. He's one of the the better corners in football. But Cleveland is just too they just too shorthanded right now, man. And Pat Mahomes and, he's gonna make you pay. Exactly, exactly. Um, so out of the four games we touched on, because we went chalk. I hate going chalk on all of the games, but we did went we? chalk. We we did. Yeah, no, we picked you, you picked Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we picked the home teams. We picked all four home teams. Oh, okay. We picked all our right. favorite. Yeah. Okay. So out of those four games, which to you is the most likely to be an upset? If you had to pick one upset. Which game would you feel like would be the most likely? The Ravens. The Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Once again, man, all these games we're picking, we're saying a field goal, you know, maybe a touchdown yeah. uh, outside of that Browns-Chiefs game. Um, I think I got to go Rams-Packers, man. Rams-Packers? I, I, I think I got to go Rams-Packers. I really, I, I really think the Rams can get that game. Um, like you say, it definitely depends on the health of Aaron Donald, and it depends on the on the health of their quarterbacks going into that game too. But they have, if Cam Akers is going to be able to run the football like he has towards the end of the season, and their defense is going to go out there and do what they've done every week this season, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely have faith in them being able to to win that game. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I got you, and I just. For me, the reason why I went with the Ravens is obviously Lamar Jackson plays quarterback and the ball is in his hands every single snap. Yeah. And when you have when that when you have that guy 
And I mean, he's pound for pound, probably the, the most athletic, fastest guy on the field, period. Yeah. You always have a chance. And then, you know, you need a little luck. And it just feels like the Ravens, yeah. You know, like yeah. it, it, it feels like they, yeah, they, they came up short the last two years. And this just feels like their year to me. Got you. Um, there was what two more things I wanted to touch on with you before we got out of here today. Mm-hmm. One is the firing of Doug Peterson. Uh, that we discussed at the end of the season may be in a possibility. I think you felt it was too early to move on mm-hmm. from him, especially him being what two seasons removed from a Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. and all the injuries that he's dealt with over these years. Um, and I felt like uh, it was it was already time to get rid of him. So a week after we have that discussion, they get rid of <laughs> Peterson. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, I thought it was too early because I told you I was in Philly for, for the uh, Saints game uh, mm-hmm. at Philly this year. And the talk around town was everyone was just, just ready to move on from Dougie P. And I'm like, bro, do y'all think Super Bowl's just fall <laughs> down the sky? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, this, I don't, this man helped orchestrate you know this team he helped build this team and got them to the promised land and just being around town I never developed that sense of appreciation for Dougie P once again I'm not a a Philly uh uh citizen of course so I'm not sure how long it's been going on down there that that they felt like he had little to do with the success I'm not sure however you just don't fire coaches that just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago but yeah, after yeah. what he did week 17, <laughs> if you would have asked me then, yeah, man, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it was right on time. He, there's nothing he can say at this point, right? Because what I think yeah. about is the only thing that made sense, like, like we said, if, he, if him and the GM talk, they already had it established. I don't care how well these guys are playing. I have yeah. other guys that I'm going to play uh, in the second half. I don't care what's going on. Okay, cool. But then why put your starters out there in the first place? In the why, first place. Why put your best offensive <clears throat> line out there? Why, why put the quarterback that's been starting the last couple games, who everyone expects to be the starter, why do that? And then you got a, a healthy scratch, Elshon Jeffries. You got a healthy scratch, Deshaun Jackson. But you're going to let Zach Hurts out there and play, the guy who's been holding out with uh, an injury that they feel like haven't even been in. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do yeah. it? It makes no sense. So how can he justify that? If, if he's going, uh, you, you bring him in for a coaching interview and you ask him that question, what, what happened week 17? How, what can he say to make you feel comfortable you know what I'm saying? As an owner, well, as a GM, to say we can ride with this guy. So, yeah, to me, it was right on time, man. After doing what he did, if, if he would have never did that week 17, yeah. I would say, yeah, it's too early. But after what he did week 17, he got to go. And I was already in favor of them moving on from him just because things seem to have gotten so bad so fast. Even mm-hmm. if you're only looking at the relationship between Carson Wentz and how they ended up fading over this last season. Um, but I still believe he should be a head coach and it looks like he's going to get his opportunity sooner than later. They're talking about Mm -hmm. him maybe joining the Jets as uh, their head coach. Um, the other coaching news I wanted to ask you about, because I know we feel differently about it, is Dan Quinn taking over the defense in Dallas for the Mm -hmm. Cowboys. You Mm -hmm. weren't in favor of that. What, what, What was your thinking behind that one? 
because he lost the, he lost the locker room in Atlanta. That's why I don't like it. I don't have a problem in the National Football League. You need talent to win. Like mm-hmm. coaches can manage, oh, keep sad. game close, all that good stuff. But you need talent to win. So yeah. I didn't expect him to win a division. I didn't expect him to have a team that's going to show up every Sunday. But when you completely lose control of your locker room, when you when you allow Dallas to come back and win that game, and I mean it's you you allow Tampa Bay to come back and win this game, they've had three or four games like this just this season alone. Yeah. Just this season alone, they've had maybe three games that happen that way. You already lost the Super Bowl, the biggest game of them all, um, in the same style of fashion. And we only won two games at this point, it, the Falcons. Uh, late, it's late in the season. And we see guys uh, get a penalty and they're laughing about it. We see guys get called for holding and they're laughing and slapping hands with the other team. We got guys uh, begging to get out of Atlanta, saying how crazy they are. Stupid, I'm sorry. Uh, the DN, he called he called them stupid. You got you got offer the third for me last year and you didn't trade me. This year you, you get offer the fourth. You know, why are y'all holding me up? I don't want to be here. And, you know, you just lost the locker room, bro. You lost the locker room. You, know, you, you lost the locker room. It, it's hard for me to think a team like Dallas. If you would have said a more veteran team, yeah. Harbaugh decided to, to step away. Baltimore's looking for a head coach. Cool. Um, I mean, any team like that, any veteran yeah. team where he doesn't have to go in and control a locker room. But Dallas, they already got the talent, bro. They need somebody who, who's going to make them play and show up every Sunday. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like that's not him. And I was nervous when Dan Quinn first came to Atlanta. I was shaking in my boots because I saw what he did in Seattle. Exactly. And I thought we were about to see the second coming of it. But when was Atlanta ever known for defense and his whole tension with the team? And that's, and that's my biggest takeaway from it is what you just alluded to about Seattle. Uh, regardless of how much, um, how much recognition or how much um, success you, you uh, give to Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, all those guys that were on that defense, a lot of that credit also goes to Dan Quinn. And mm-hmm. and, I, and some coaches are really meant to just be position coaches or coordinators, not head coaches. I think that's Dan Quinn. I think mm-hmm. head coach was too much for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think him getting back into a position where he's only worried about defense because I feel like the scheming is there. Uh, you've talked about a lot of a lot of times this season when we talked about Atlanta, how it's a player problem in Atlanta too, as well. It's not just yeah. you know coaching at that point or culture. It was the players at that point yeah. that just you know gave up on whatever it was going on there. I think <clears throat> he is going to be able to take the the talent that Dallas all, already does have, uh, even though there's some improvement they have to do on the defense side of the ball too. But I think his scheming and his coaching is going to be able to get them to a place defensively that they haven't been. Uh, they haven't been in a while. I think yeah. he's going to be able to do that. I just, like I said, I think head coaching was just too much for him. And the year that they got to the Super Bowl, he was bailed out by having Kyle Shanahan as his offensive exactly. quarterback. So, exactly. so I think head coaching was just too much for him. I think defensive coordinator is where he belongs, just kind of like Ty Bowles. 
The same yeah. way he went off trying to do his own thing, didn't work for him. He's back in Tampa Bay making some things work. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I see it a lot like that situation. Yeah, and I definitely think that he would do better as a D.C. than a head coach. However, yeah. I, he's going to get another opportunity to be a head coach, mm-hmm. whether it's next year, three, four years down the line. He's going to get another chance. It's just I think he needs to go to someone that's a little bit more proven than the Dallas Cowboys. He needs to go play for an organization that has a team that's already playing hard, but they just don't have the players. To me, that makes more sense for him than going yeah. the way of I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to change the culture in a locker room. I don't think he's the guy you turn to to change the culture in Dallas. And we'll absolutely see, man. Next week, um, next week by this time, I'm sure there'll be a couple more vacancies filled out. Um, mm-hmm. These head coaching vacancies, they got to start filling up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's it for today. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed the show. We appreciate y'all for tuning in and checking it out. Uh, Reg, as always, it's been a pleasure, man, and yes, we'll sir. see how the vision around plays out. And big shout out to my boy, man, Mojo Forbes. Uh, my partner gave us the music. Big shout out. We appreciate it. Know you're a big fan of the show, my boy. I appreciate it, man. Uh, shout out again to Shabazz for joining us for that review of uh, Saints uh, Bears and that preview of Saints Bucks for this weekend, too. Really appreciate that. Yes, sir. Y'all be good. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Blanco